0: All right. Hello. I'm here, Sam Lesson. Um, I'm here with Will Quist, my good friend and investing partner at Slow Ventures. Hi, everybody. And uh, we're going to do a modest conversation.
1: We're going to try a modest conversation.
0: So, uh, so Will, I guess um, you know the point of modest conversations is to have modest conversations. What's on your mind?
1: Well, I was trying to figure out, in light of the hyper-frequent news cycle, if an increase in transparency actually keeps more good things from happening than bad. I think the general wisdom around the world and definitely in Silicon Valley is that the more transparency, the better. And I think at most arguments have been made that it is neutral. and has its downsides. But I would
0: argue that it actually prevents more good things from happening than it does stop bad things. Interesting you bring that up because right before – we started this modest conversation. I was reading about um, this thing the New York Times published about um, Uber's strategy of making sure they know who every person was in contested markets, and then doing things. I think just like having different experience if you're a regulator, for instance, just yeah. by tracking identity yep. versus anything else. And it's interesting because it elicited a few thoughts. Which is fucking awesome, by the way. Well, it's it, you know it is definitely a sign of the times in the future of business where you think about like Airbnb's scandal around, um, you know, minorities and hosts and the acceptance rate. And you think about Uber targeting and being able to micromanage every account and give different experiences to change the outcome and regulation they want. You think about Facebook and Facebook advertising and all the scandals and the questions around Donald Trump and the advertising. I mean, you know, what it is, is you talk about transparency. In some ways, I would argue that the richness of identity on these big platforms, you know there might be actually less transparency in what goods and services are being transacted and how things are working than ever before, because with because identity allows you to say, look, it's not like you're in town, everyone's seeing the same news and eating in the same restaurant anymore. So I almost wonder with your question, like, one, I could totally imagine a world where like we actually live, technology's letting us be less transparent, not more transparent in certain ways. And then I also wonder on top of that, whether um, to your point about good things happening, it's like, these are all very aggressive and new things. They have some good properties and some bad things, but like I think we have to explore what you mean by good.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, and, and actually listening to you, I wonder if this is a two things that can be equally true yeah. style conversation. I, what got me on this topic is there's a really good book called The Six Men Who Changed the World. Mm-hmm. Have you read this?
0: I've heard of it. I haven't read
1: so it. So it's right up your alley. It's about how a bunch of dudes who went to prep school at Harvard and are interconnected through prep school, Harvard, and Harvard Law in different they didn't all stick together but they overlapped ended up playing and Avril Harriman is at the center of the, the yeah. road it, it's the role they all played in early kind of pre-World War One mm-hmm. through America's ascension in Cold War yeah and it was it just struck me the amount of things that I would argue and maybe that's what we need to do were net good for humanity for the United States in particular yeah both from a Sociological standpoint, but also economically, great things that occurred. Where now that you read the letters and you actually see what was happening and sure. understand how messy the sausage was, yeah, that kind of diplomacy would never have sure. stood today.
0: I believe it isn't it. I think is it. It's Henry Kissinger. I think. Not Henry Kissinger. No, I think yeah, Kissinger Henry- has a similar. Kissinger about is it. super into this concept. He's basically, you know, basically like, you can't do good diplomacy anymore because everything is too in in the light, effectively.
1: Admiral Harriman used to go out drinking all night with with the with the second in command in Russia, and yeah. then they would go to the White House and sit and smoke, and they would invite billionaire businessmen to come sit there and not say to mediate, but ideate on what needed to happen. Yeah, and. Well, look, it's a very... I don't know that it's a necessary condition for good things to happen, but there's definitely a lack of it, and the lack of it correlates, the lack of that ability to operate yeah. has correlated with stagnation so at, at a bureaucratic governmental level.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, look, there's an interesting corollary to this that I remember. This is like a ten, at least 10-year-old-in-my-mind conversation about social networking and whether in general more personal transparency is good or bad for the world. And the argument of good was always, look, we're all super different types of people, and if you put that all in the light, then people have to accept each other and be accepting of the world around them because we'll all realize we all have these quirks and we all make mistakes and da 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 The negative part was always, by making everything clear, you limit behavior. Like, you're just going to, like, everyone's going to become an automaton, right? And well, have to it's, do it's, exactly... It, I don't know if you saw the cover of
1: Time this week, mm-hmm. but they put Snap on it. Duh. What a cheap ploy. But I actually... It struck me for the first time as someone who is generally more bearish, not bearish and absolute, but relative to the market on Snapchat, they said, what's the price of allowing people to be themselves online? And the general thesis was the ephemeral nature of Snapchat was the first thing that actually allowed people to be themselves. You can debate it. You can debate it. But it, it was just an interesting sidebar from the, do people become more or less themselves when they're online?
0: Yeah. I think it's a really fascinating question. Um, I think there's like, look, there's, a, there's arguments you look at, um, you know, a lot of what's going on with politics and even the role that like social networks are playing in terms of organizing and expression and things like that. And like, you can, I mean, they're totally double-edged well, swords. This is what
1: I was going to say is like on your social networking thing, that transparency put Donald Trump in office. If you yeah. hadn't had that kind of personal transparency at an identity level, he wouldn't have been able to no, for sure. target the populations.
0: Well, th- th- yeah, and that's the whole thing. is like actually like there's this irony, which is that identity means that rather than being – rich identity and targeting and who you speak to and what you want, all of a sudden, you know, if, rather than being in a world where like if you want to get a message out, you're going, you know, to the middle of London and standing on a soapbox, which means you kind of have a hard time telling different stories to different people, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All of a sudden you can be so targeted that there's a, there's a really good argument that all of these things are actually not – Making things more open, whether or not it's disappearing media, um, but in fact, the, the the mere nature of being able to hyper-target your messages and have like there's an argument. Maybe you can be crisper about this. I think there's an argument that Snapchat disappearing messages that are personally targeted and can't be recalled and can't be traced or tracked or anyone can be held accountable for. Right? Um, to your point about is that good or bad? It definitely creates more instability. <laughs> Right? Like take Donald Trump's an example. I've argued before that like, with the, the, the targeting of political ads that I really believe that the correct answer is you shouldn't limit people's ability to target messages on the internet Right, um, and say, oh, you can't as an advertiser say, I want to reach this person this way and this way and this way. But I actually do believe, at least for political campaigns, that the record of who you targeted and what you said to them should be public record because otherwise there's no way to audit what you're telling to whom and um, and like hold you accountable for it because I can, you know, I, in theory, I can go to every single person individually and tell them exactly what they want to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, and I'm trying to, and I'm trying to think is that a bad thing? If you, if you take that all the way back to the parallel that yeah. I do believe, which is, I think there were more, more effective changes made for more people when there was less transparency yeah that you may get Uh, back to that place
0: yeah and look i guess this is like not a conversation i mean this is look it's the difference between you look at the spectrum between like a a, you know uh dictatorship and democracy it's like democracy is notably extremely inefficient right um and slow and if anything there's a good there's a lot of good arguments that the founding fathers intentionally designed the government to not be able to do anything and to be in perpetual (laughs) gridlock right yeah um it's very inefficient. And the reality is you look and that, that actually is probably pretty good in a world where like, you know, and we've lived in for a while. The problem, I think a lot of people would say, and maybe you're pushing on, is a world of like dramatic change where change is you know, much faster than it ever was before. All of a sudden the Chinese model, which is certainly closer to the dictatorship model, gives you a lot of latitude you didn't have before.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting to, all right, we're taking this to another direction is the, in a rising boat or organic growth
0: mode. Yes. Democracy is fantastic. Because like, well, it's non-zero-sum. You just always go west.
1: You you, you <laughs> always go west and you, the gridlock keeps anybody from taking a disproportionate share or moving in one direction or the other or yeah. getting in the way of natural momentum west. Yeah. I think it becomes interesting the benevolent dictatorship as evidenced by China where there's nothing happening yeah. is actually much better because you get change and you can make people do things and put them in a direction. Yeah. And, and I think that's where it's Interesting for America, right? And then the beginning of the 19th to 20th century, America needed some of that catalyst, like it, the organic momentum wasn't there yeah. and the things that were done throughout world war one and world war two in the fog of diplomacy and war got some of that momentum going that, I mean, it's kind of like, don't, I mean, what's, what's I'm trying to think of the adage where, but the grandfathers will always yell at their grandkids like, you don't want to know how I made my money.
0: I have heard that one.
1: <laughs> My
0: grandparents are doctors. So I think we know how to make that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, I mean, but but, but it, it's, you need, a few good men. You need me on this
0: wall. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In the, in the places you won't talk about, you need me on this wall. Yeah. Um, all right, we may have gone too far. You
0: know no, that. no, I think it's an interesting and hard problem. And I, I mean, I think it's very topical right now. It is an interesting thing where like, there's enough changing in what it means to have identity and transparency and not transparency like, the rules really feel dramatically in flux, um, and you're seeing crazy outcomes as a result, some of which are, like, you know, this goes back to, I wrote a column a while ago, where, like, in some, we've talked about this a bunch, like, Donald Trump, in a lot of ways, is, like, the <laughs> ultimate Silicon Valley candidate. It bums me know. out that
1: people here have an embrace, I mean, it, it, if not embraced the style in which he won more. Obviously, uh, not I the think, it's just, of I the think it's just upsetting
0: to people, because, like, for <laughs> once... The strategies that a lot of people here believe in, and the mentality they believe in, and then their politics and what they wanted to happen <laughs> are diametrically yeah, yeah, opposed. I I so know. I like, you're mean. actually honest
1: enough to go, okay, that was really rad how he did it, but I hate what he did.
0: Right, and I think that's, the, but I think that's like a really challenging thing for people to digest emotionally, right? Because um, totally. it's you know you don't like it when your when your means and your ends, you know, Divergent. don't line up. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it makes you question what you're doing uh, as I think a lot of things are right now with jobs and things like that like, like everything in
1: life you can go back to Star Wars
0: yeah well he's Darth Vader
1: built of the same force just using it for the wrong ends
0: man I really hope Donald Trump isn't my dad <laughs> <laughs> it'll make it easier to open the Drum Hotel yeah fair enough the um yeah, it's an interesting and hard and challenging thing. I'm not sure we've made headway on it in this conversation, no, but it was an interesting one anyway. We went in a good
1: circle. Welcome, welcome to the finish line. Yeah,
0: welcome to modest conversations. Well, thanks for coming by. I'll see you soon.